John, it is great to be back with you. Here we are getting ready to go into week eight, and we've got a lot to discuss. But, but John, first of all, you know, what do you want to say to our people that haven't heard this for a while? Yeah, you know, Derek, it's one of those things, um, you know, you and I work pretty hard on this. You know, we take the time, spend, uh, you know, an hour to an hour and a half on the phone when we're doing one of these, just prepping, going through what we're going to talk about, and then we actually have to do the podcast. And uh, so it's tough when, when we feel like we're putting out good work and then not even half the league listens to uh, what we have to say. And to the ones who do listen on a regular basis, you know, we really do appreciate it. You guys are the, are the real ones, but – for the ones who don't, you know, it's, it's pretty tough and they may not even hear this one. But, uh, you know, for anyone who's looking for the reasoning behind it, it's that, you know, we put a lot of effort in and uh, it hurts sometimes to know that the, some people aren't listening. But we're trying. We're going to try and get back on it. It seems, you know, Seth made a good point that this was kind of what set our league apart uh, was the podcast that we had in the league. So we're going to get back after it here uh, starting today. And guys, yeah, exactly. For the loyal followers that have been with us since day one, thank you for your support. It really means a lot. And if you're not listening, you are missing out. It adds value to the league. So what we're going to do today is just kind of give a recap because we have missed several weeks. We're not going to really talk about matchups necessarily or players, but rather just teams, where they're at, and kind of our general feel for where they're at at this point in the season. So, um, John, let's go ahead and get it started off. We're just going to talk about every team. So if you're listening, if you're a first-time listener out there in the league, you're going to get talked about today. We're leaving nobody out. And we'll start with the team that's 6-1 and one with the best record in the league, Seth. John, your thoughts on Seth? So Seth is, is an interesting coach. Uh, what I will say is, is I'll, I'll start with the recent transactions that he's made. You know, I, I think that Seth uh, made, made a couple good trades recently, trying to prep his team for the playoffs. Being at 6-1, and one, um, I would say his percentage chance of making the playoffs are pretty strong at this point, uh, especially with the second-place team being 4-3 and three in his league, uh, being awesome. You know, Seth's got a good enough team where I think he could keep that distance and, and, and you know, keep that and maybe a one game lead going in the playoffs, even though Austin's team is, is coming on strong here and we'll get to that. But uh, looking at his team right now, you know, I, like I said, I think they're pretty good. It, it, this, the trade he made with Austin, uh, I thought was just wildly favored towards Austin. And, and I understand why Seth wanted to do it, but Melvin is, is the, been the big reason just it, it hasn't been, what we thought it was going to be with Melvin, right? And, and so uh, Seth goes out, trades for David Johnson. Granted, he might not play this week, but when David Johnson comes back, he's got Leonard Fournette and David Johnson uh, on his team anchoring down the running backs. He's still got Melvin Gordon. That is a great flex play any given Sunday. Uh, and, and so, you know, I look at Seth's team. I think he's going to make the playoffs. Um, you know, Terry McLaurin, we'll see what happens with Dwayne Haskins. We're not really sure uh, what's, what that's going to look like going forward, but Seth's put together a pretty good team that I think when it's all said and done, I think he is going to be there in the in playoff contention uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, you know, with Seth, the whole deal is, is it possible for him to not manage himself out of a playoff bid? Because that's the thing. Seth's moves makes him competitive, also sometimes takes him out of the competition. That'll be the interesting thing to see is can he manage but not manage too much to get this team into the postseason. So Seth is on the top in the West Division in the East, the ever-changing team names. So let's go on a side note for a soapbox for a second. John, how do you feel about people changing their team names multiple times within a season? 
Um, I think it shows an identity crisis, you know, and, and it makes it tough to win a championship sometimes. You know, uh, Tyler just tried that strategy out this year. Uh, and honestly, I think it's a little bit of a cocky move uh, to change your name, especially to when it's about your opponent that week. Because if you change your name and you take the L, uh, you know, what, what can you say? You know, if Tyler comes in this week and loses to you, which you guys play each other, uh, you know, what's he going to be able to say for Shooks or Rook and then he loses? So, um, you know, it, it's one of those things that I think it shows an identity crisis. You know, I, I like when you know what your team name is going to be year in and year out. You can keep it the same. Uh, th- that's my opinion on that, Derek. I, I, I could not agree more. I think you have to take a name. You've got to ride with it. And, and there's so many people in this league this year that have just not been able to uh, to stick with what they're looking for. So, anyways, uh, apparently this week it's Shooks a Rook. And Tyler's had an incredible start to his season. He has played really well. You know, looking at his team here, uh, Aaron Jones and Green Bay has really turned it up as well as the entire Green Bay squad. You know, after that, you know, as you kind of go down, not the deepest of teams by any means, um, but he has made it work to date, scoring a total of 836 points. So, um, again, not that he's in like the top uh, couple of points scored there. He is closer to the top, but, um, you know, I think Tyler has a fortunate five and two right now. Um, you, you know, I look at Tyler's team. I actually like him. Unfortunately, I don't like, you know, Tyler is a coach, not my favorite, but Tyler's team. Uh, I think he's got two quarterbacks who on any given week can be very good starters. He's got Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones, who are respectfully the sixth and fourth running backs in the league. Kenny Galladay has been great all year. Uh, he is 22nd. But last week, Marvin Jones had the big game. I look for Kenny Galladay to have a big week this week. Um, Allen Robinson has come alive a little bit recently. He's getting hyper-targeted by Mitch Trubisky, considering much else. Robert Woods, similar to you know all, everyone in that Rams receiving core, has been hit or miss this year. But um, so, so any given Sunday, he could do pretty well. Hunter Henry seems like he's going to come back and be a top six tight end the rest of the season. So he's got to set it and forget it tight end. Uh, And then that flex spot, you know, he's got Jarvis in there right now against the Patriots is a little questionable, but I mean, he's got Christian Kirk, Corey Davis, Valdez Scantling, Royce Freeman, uh, all on the bench who at any any point could be serviceable flex plays. Uh, So again, you know, not just because he's in, in uh, first place in that division, you know, our division has Tyler at five and two, and then me and Brent both at four and three. So anything could happen with five weeks to play, but I think Tyler's put together a team that is poised for the playoff run. If he sustains an injury, I think he could still make it work. You know, if it's an injury to Chubb or Aaron Jones, maybe we'll have a different conversation. But I think he has enough firepower right now where he will, again, I think he will be there in the playoffs uh, after week 12. So those are your leaders of the divisions there. And now after this, we have got just a – log jam of four and three teams on both divisions but if the season were to end today austin adams would be your three seed yet again austin putting up some really big points for numbers i mean not even close here john 948 for austin this season points for and he's off to a really good start in week eight Uh, i think austin's a pretty dangerous team moving forward yeah i mean I, i think austin's got the best team in the league um you know, and I don't think it's that close. I think that trade that Seth made with him with him um, really put his team over the top. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott argue, are probably the second and third best running backs in the NFL outside of McCaffrey. But Dalvin Cook currently sits at that number one spot. Um, 
you know, Ezekiel is on a bye this week, but then Michael Thomas, the number one receiver, Lamar Jackson, the number one quarterback, um, you know, his receivers outside of Michael Thomas are going to be the boomer bust guys, Robbie Anderson, AJ Brown, Josh Gordon, when he comes back, Auden Tate. it's going to be one of those things he's got to piece together at the receiving core, but um, I think he, he continues to get so many points out of the quarterback in the first two running back spots and Michael Thomas that it really hasn't made that much of a difference what's went on. You know, he played me, uh, I believe it was last week, and he beat me where Will Fuller played one play and got hurt, and he still beat me by like 30 points. So uh, he's been putting up just unbelievable production that, you know, it, it's one of those things that when you look to the playoffs, um, you want the team that if you have one person have a bad week that you can still put up 140. And I think Austin has the epitome of that team. And I'll say it again, the trade with Seth, what put him over the top is Austin Hooper. I cannot believe that Seth put him in that trade. Uh, the number one tight end right now um, gets targeted a ton, you know, with Matt Ryan going down, we'll see what happens. But uh, Austin Hooper, the number one tight end was the difference maker in that trade. Um, Austin's team, in my opinion, is the best in the league. Doesn't matter what seed he's in in the playoffs. Uh, he is going to be a dangerous team, and I don't. I wouldn't want to face him in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's really close right now. And I'll just throw out some quick numbers to you: Dalvin Cook, number one ranked running back; Michael Thomas, number one ranked wide receiver; uh, Austin Hooper, as you said, number one ranked tight end; Lamar Jackson, number one ranked quarterback. So, in any given week, Austin could potentially play the number one QB, the number one running back, the number one receiver, and the number one tight end. Granted, it's just going into week eight. It's not like these are final numbers, but I don't know if I've ever seen a fantasy team amassed that has that many number ones. Oh, and then, by the way, he's got Ezekiel Elliott just in the wings. So, I mean, this team is freaking loaded. I cannot believe that he's four and three. This team should be much closer to undefeated. The whole league should be thankful that Austin is not just running away with this thing. But, hey, that's why you play the game. That's what makes fantasy interesting. Austin four and three, despite having this amazing team, but he would be your three seed if the season ended today. Yeah. And I mean, I'll just reiterate it again. Austin did a good job. Uh, you know, his team, I think if he kept his team from, a, from the beginning of the draft, I don't know if he's four and three right now, to be completely honest, but he went out, he made the moves he needed to make. And uh, I think he has won his last three. I could, I could be wrong. Oh, wait, hold on. I'll see here. Austin has won three in a row. And uh, I, it would, it, honestly, I don't know if I see him losing again this season. Yeah, and the thing about it is I always like to kind of go back. This final standing projection is um, one that is pretty interesting. On draft day, uh, ESPN ranked Austin as the 10th best roster in the league. He has increased that all the way to the number one spot. So pretty impressive there. Um, so going on in the playoff bracket, if it were to end today, your four seed would be Brent foot, another four and three team. And, you know, Brent has a, a nice comeback season here after last year, but kind of the opposite of how we've kind of applauded Austin's team. Really the production has come from three people for Brent McCaffrey, Eckler and the Patriots D. Yeah. I mean, Brent's team, uh, I think it's just one that's good. I think he will fall off. Um, you know, I don't think Brent's going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, J his quarterback situation, pretty questionable. Gardner Minshew and Jared Goff. Uh, McCaffrey is, you know, 20 points, lock it in every single week. So that's nice. But so many question marks with Devontae Freeman, Mike Williams, Golden Tate, DJ Chark, his, the number six receiver, which is crazy. But can he continue that? 
Austin Eckler is the number three running back, and he's still been relatively productive since Melvin came back. But rest of season, maybe a top 20 back. I, I would probably assume he's been getting enough receiving work, especially. He'll probably be a top 20 back, but just looking at the names on his team, I don't think he can sustain uh, being four and three, being in that four spot. I think Brent misses the playoffs. But I will say hats off after the last place last season. Uh, hats off to Brent coming back, really try. I mean, making a statement and, and you know, being in it near the end of the season. Absolutely. So moving on, because we've got quite a few of these four and threes to get to. John, we'll be quick with ours. If it were to end today, you would be the five seed at four and three. I would be the six at four and three. You've scored a good deal more points than me. Um, and when I look at your team, I mean, we're both, I think we can kind of summarize our teams in the same way. We've had some really good weeks, some not so good weeks. I think the consistency's there, but I worry a little bit, John, with your and I's team about top-end productivity, those 140, 150 type weeks. Um, I think that's where we're struggling a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. I had one week where I had 180, but I, you know, I don't think I'll touch that again. I think the names on my team are good. Um, I, you know, I would like to think that I'll make the playoffs. I have a, uh, you know, I still have Todd on the schedule, which we will get to his team, dear lord. Um, but uh, you know, I, I would like to think I'll make the playoffs. I think the players on my team are good enough. I think I have good depth. Um, but we'll see what happens. And then Derek, you know, we talked about it before the podcast off air. But looking at your team. Um, you know, Kamara, Chris Godwin, both fantastic players. Um, and then outside of that, it, you know, Keenan Allen is a very good player as well. Been down on production a little bit recently, but I think it's just going to come down for your team to health. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders potentially getting um, adapted to the to San Francisco. But, um, you know, I, I think it's just going to come to you on any given week, making sure you've got the right pieces in your lineup. I think you're going to have hard coaching decisions to make every single week from here on out. But if you make the right ones, I could see your team being in it uh, at the end. That's what it comes down to. That's why we play the game. It's all about the X's and O's. Moving on, John, after that, you know, we have, um, let's see, Sam is at 712. Nate is at 750. So those ran out. So Nate would be the seven. And uh, looking quickly at Nate's team, man, he's got the receivers, but Lev Bell has just been so disappointing up in New York. Um, John, what are your thoughts on Nate? Yeah, I mean, I look at Nate's big four and Derrick Henry, Le'Veon Bell, Hopkins, and Evans. The names were there. The pre-draft hype is there for all four of these guys. He went out, made a big deal to get Le'Veon. I think he gave up more uh, than he should have, but he wanted his guy, and the reasoning makes sense. He plays Jacksonville this week, who's 20th against the run. After this week, Le'Veon's schedule is the easiest in the NFL. He gets 20-plus touches a game, gets receiving work, plays 100% of the snaps, um, I think Le'Veon will be a top seven back the rest of the season. So I'm not worried about him, but Derrick Henry has, is the number 10 back right now. I, I just don't know what to think about him. I, I don't know, um, you know, I just don't necessarily think he's a great player in general. So we'll see what happens. Hopkins has been so disappointing, um, but he's starting to get hyper-targeted. Like I said, um, with uh, what's his name going down? I don't know why I can't think of it at the moment, but the other receiver for Houston going down, uh, Will Fuller, you know, DeAndre starting to get targeted a lot more. Hopefully, you know, I say hopefully, I'm playing Nate this week, so maybe after this week he gets going. But uh, And then Mike Evans is one that's been hit or miss. Against Austin, he puts up 40 points. Uh, then, you know, the next week has one catch or, or has zero. He had literally zero points. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see. He does have Chase Edmonds this week, so um, – 
you know, his team looks pretty good on paper for this week. And, and But going forward, I still think Nate's got a chance. Like you said, I mean, we're down to what the seventh place team right now. And, and I think Nate's team could make a push for that playoffs. You know, I, I think that he's got the talent where if he gets in the playoffs, he could be a dangerous team and potentially take this thing home. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I think that I see Nate trending in the right direction. Hopkins and Evans are both outside of the top 10 right now, which I think is a little bit of anomaly. I, anomaly, I think they finish in the top 10. And, and, and if those guys kind of get um, a better second half, and like you said, for reasons you talked about, Lev Bell improves, this is a team that's got a really good trajectory. As far as Sam goes, um, man, Odell Beckham has really been a disappointment. Wide receiver number 30 in the league, almost impossible to imagine. Julio has had a good season thus far. I think Sam's running backs are atrocious, but hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. John Brown, pleasant surprise up in Buffalo um, with good old Josh Allen slinging him the rock. Um, But, you know, for Sam right now, I look at Sam's team. I do not like the trajectory of Sam's team. I would agree. Uh, You know, so Julio, Odell, and John Brown all were on my team after the draft. Uh, You know, Sam and I made that big trade. I think his receivers are great. I think Odell maybe not this week considering it's New England. I think Odell's going to be fine the rest of the season. Julio is going to be fine the rest of the season. John Brown has a really good matchup this week. He gets targeted eight times a game, eight to ten times a game. So, you know, I think John Brown's going to be fine. And Kenny Stills. I'm high on Kenny Stills this week. I think he could, he, he could finish out the season pretty strong depending on how long Will Fuller's out. I think the big disappointment is Zach Ertz. He is the number six tight end right now. But, man, after last season, the numbers he put up, uh, Sam takes him in the third round and, man, has just not been good. I mean, I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat it. But based off where he was drafted, he's been an absolute bust in my opinion. Um, and then Wentz, again, has been a bust. And then he's starting Carlos Hyde and Damian Williams. Um, running backs just not where they need to be. So, um, yeah, Sam's team not trending in the right direction. Uh, you know, last week he did get a much-needed win, uh, but he did play dad and won 67-65. to 65. So uh, not an impressive win, but, hey, you know, in this league, a win's a win. And so now we look at the bottom of the league. These are teams that it's pretty much do or die right now in terms of, I think, how competitive the rest of the league is. It's not push the panic button, but just the facts are the facts. And you look at teams like Calvin and Bill and Steve and Todd. Well, Todd's in a league to his own, and we'll talk yeah. about that here in just a second. But, you know, I'll go ahead and start with, um, the three and four team that is better, which is Steve. Steve is at 764. And John, I mean, you know, I give you props. You sounded like a broken record, but by weeks, wreck Steve. He's got injury issues with some of his top players. And again, I do not see three and four improving much. No. And, you know, I think that dad, dad is the most predictable coach of all time. He, he is scared to make any sort of trade. Um, you know, he, he's afraid that everyone's trying to trade rape him. And this is just his team is, is honestly a joke. And, you know, as I said, to start the season in which everyone gave me crap for, I still have dad getting the Sacco. I have dad and Todd playing in the last place game when the season is over. And I have Todd somehow beating dad in a two week stretch. And here's the reason why. First off, I think dad's going to be in the bottom four, which if you end in the ninth through 12th place, you have a chance to get last place. So that's just for the record. Dad could end it, get win one more game, have four wins. Todd has zero wins, and they both could still get last place. Todd could not get last place. Um, 
But looking at his team this week, he is starting Muhammad Sanu. He is starting Ted Ginn. He is starting Jordan Howard. So I know the last time I said Jordan Howard was very bad, he went for 31 points. But if you look at his points per week, he has had 31 points. And then the most he's had other than that is 12. And then other than that, pretty sure he's been under 10 points every week. So Jordan Howard is not a good player. He's going up against arguably the best run defense in the NFL in Buffalo. And it's it just doesn't make sense to me how his team even has three wins. You know, Saquon's back. That's great. Josh Jacobs a little banged up, so you never know with the re-injury risk. Evan Ingram has had a couple good weeks and then, you know, not has been not great a few other weeks. Um, I just – the Bears' defense hasn't been what you thought they'd be. It's just not a team that I see being great the rest of the way. Um, you know, he does play Brent this week, and Brent did start off with 3.2 points in his tight end position. So this might be the week that he does get a win. Uh, I don't I don't think it happens, but, you know, in a low-scoring affair like last week where, you know, Dad lost to a team who scored 67 points, um, I just think his team is is atrocious. Those are strong words saying that somebody will lose to Todd this season. I mean, that's – I mean, that is the indictment of all indictments. So I, I don't think Steve's trending in the right direction. I'm not quite ready to say that uh, he is going to get in the sacko, but, uh, but yeah, not going well. Looking up at the uh, East Division with Calvin, Calvin has had some tough luck. You know, Devontae Adams going down, um, uh, Coleman starting the year injured. Um, you know, he's had some injury issues with Cam Newton, Andrews, the tight end uh, up in Baltimore. I mean, this is an injury riddled team. So I'm going to keep this one brief. I think that Calvin has to be better in the second half just because I, I think he's going to be healthier. Um, so I'm not saying that he's going to improve into a playoff slot, but I am saying that things are going to get better for mild concussions. Yeah, I'd agree. Um You know, the quarterback position has been one that's been pretty tough for him. You see he started Mason Rudolph this week. Uh, James Connors, RB15, has a great matchup. I'm not really worried about him. He finally gets Tevin Coleman back. He's playing really well recently, so that's nice. Julian Edelman's been good all season. Calvin Ridley with Mohamed Sanu gone should see his targets go up. He's still wide receiver 20 on the season, so getting about even value for you drafted him. Fitzgerald, you know, should start seeing more targets this week. New Orleans is not great against the slot receivers, so um, see him doing well there. Dallas Goddard, it's a tough tie. It's tough for tight ends all the way around. I don't really tight end shame because it is what it is outside the top six ish tight ends. You got you kind of got to stream and hope you're just getting the right matchup. Um, so yeah, I mean he's having bad luck with injuries. Devonte Adams, Cam Newton, Chris Thompson. Uh, like I said, Tevin Coleman earlier, Tyrell Williams. It's just been a tough go. I agree. I think Calvin's got a good team. Um, and and moving forward, I, I see him you know doing doing fairly well. He is playing Todd this week, so. Um, we'll see if Todd can get off the schneid against him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Calvin's got a pretty solid team. And now we get to the last two, and um, this is panic button. I mean, if you're Bill or you're Todd, I mean, mathematically here, uh, for Todd, he's approaching a point in the season where there's just not hardly enough weeks left. And, in fact, as I click over here, I want to look at the remaining schedule it's hard to believe here, John, but we only have five games left. That's it. Five games in the season left. And as you look down at Todd, Todd is six games out of first place. So it, it's very possible that with another loss here, um, Todd's season's effectively over. But Bill beats him last week, avoids the 0-7 start. You know, I look at Bill's team, 
And, um, man, Aaron Rodgers has had some really great weeks. Bill's going to win some games in the second half. He's going without Adam Thielen this week. I don't know if he gets it done. I, I don't see him catapulting all the way to the playoff spots, but he gets some more wins. John, as for Todd, I don't know. I don't see any end in sight for the suffering for this team. Yeah, uh, Derek. So I'm, I'm going to talk about these two separately. I'll give you a chance to, to say a little bit more about Bill's team if you want. But I'm going to start with Bill's team. You know, living with Bill, working with Bill, you know, I get to see him every day. We talk about fantasy. And, you know, I've seen Bill go through a transition through this season, right? So you start off, you lose a couple games. Uh, you know, your players maybe don't show up the way you want them to. You start to worry a little bit, but, you know, hey, it's early. Then, then you know, you start to realize that maybe the players on your team aren't as good or involved as you thought they were going to be. So you start to panic a little bit. Then you start off 0-6 and you realize, okay, I'm not making the playoffs, but I have to win, right? I've got to win a game and do something. So, you know, I think Bill was at peace with being, with being 0-6. He just knew he had to win. And now that he beat Todd, I think Bill's fine. I think mentally he's just ready to play uh, – bracket buster the rest of the season, potentially try and get, get a couple big wins, mix it up a little bit. Uh, and I agree with you. You know, I think Bill's team is, is solid. Um, similar to Calvin's, you know, his flex, he is starting Mark Walton. So we'll see what happens there. But um, Dorsett's been more involved. Juju's got a good matchup. Travis Kelsey, you know, you could say Travis Kelsey has been a bust this year considering where he was drafted, but he's still tied in three. We'll see what happens with Matt Moore, quarterback. Gurley should be more involved. Matt Breed has been pretty solid. Hopefully he can stay healthy. And then Aaron Rodgers is going to be hit or miss. Hopefully he's hitting his stride, can show out this week. Um, I did pick Bill to beat Austin uh, in, our, in our office bracket pool. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Austin got off to a pretty solid start with Dalvin Cook and Adrian Peterson. So um, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with you, Derek. I think Bill's going to win um, – win a, a couple of games here the rest of the season, play bracket buster. So I'll give you a chance to talk about him before we really dive into what the issue is with Todd. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think Bill is going to play spoiler. I think that's going to be um, kind of his role with an outside shot of making some noise and a, and a final push towards playoff. It seems like the last four or five years, Bill and I have just been about one game away from getting in. Um, and that's best case scenario for him. I think if he finds himself playing a meaningful game in the last week of the regular season, I think he chalks that up as a victory. For Todd, I think we can officially label this as Todd's intervention. I mean, this team is just as good as Austin is. I would say that Austin has assembled one of the better fantasy football teams I have ever seen as Todd has assembled one of the worst. Not exactly sure how it's happened. Sometimes you, you get to 0-7 and you, you can't explain how you got yourself here. But nevertheless, he is here, John. And, and, and honestly, in the history of this league, one of the worst teams I've ever seen. Yeah, Um I want to preface this by saying Todd's Todd is my best friend. I, I love Todd to death. Um, but from a fantasy perspective this year, from the get-go, I didn't like Todd's team. I don't know if anybody really liked Todd's team. I don't know if Todd liked Todd's team. Um, but dear God is about all I can say. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've ever been more confident that a team will lose every game the rest of the season maybe up until the final where I still think it's going to be him and dad I'm, I want to preface by saying also I'm not a I, I'm not going to bet on the final game if it comes down to dad and Todd I'm not going to bet on Todd winning that game maybe if I was given some points uh once we get there then maybe I could look at it but I mean Todd's team is so horrid he is starting Kenyon Drake Preston Williams and Darius Slayton I mean 
I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't know how this happens. I don't know how you look up after seven weeks and look at your roster and this is your team. Like the team that you're putting on the field consists of Kenyon Drake, Preston Williams, and Darius Slayton. If you have to start one of them, it's like, oh, I got to start someone in a flex. Like, dang, that sucks. You're starting three of them. I, I mean, it, it's so bad. And for a coach that's literal profession is to coach, I, I, I'm just – I'm at a loss for words. You know, I thought he was going to be better. Uh, you know, I, I, there's not a team in this league that I would pull for more than I would pull for Todd. I want, if I wasn't going to win a championship, Todd, I would be Todd's number one fan to win it. But, I mean, this was – has been the worst performance from a fantasy football perspective I think I've ever seen and legitimately think that there's a team that might, he might not win a game this season and he's going to try every single game. It's unbelievable. So here's the question that I pose to the league. If someone does not win a game in the regular season, by default, they are entered into the bottom four as they last place seed. If they then lose their first round playoff game, but they were to win the last game of the season. How does that person avoid the Sacco? I mean, that, that's how it works. We base everything off of final standings. Um, you know, that, that's typically how it works. Last year, I, I believe Todd was in 11th going into the playoffs and then ended up in seventh place. Not 100% sure how that happened, but I know he won both of his playoff games, ended up in seventh place. Um, so that's how it works. I mean, the, the reality is um, – any team in that bottom four could get last place. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, that's why you have to pay attention is because I know Sacco is not something anyone wants to be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, Todd could lose every game, lose the first round, and win and not get last, um, which is why the thought of dad being Sacco is still alive today. Which would be just the worst way to earn I mean, the Sacco would be to lose to Todd for his first victory in the final round of the season. I mean, that, I that, can, that would I, be up there with the worst fantasy things to ever happen. I mean, I legitimately don't know, like if it meant me not winning the championship this year, if it meant that in order to see Todd beat dad after Todd loses every game up to that point, I'd probably take it. I mean, it would be one of the most sweet justice revenge things that have ever happened in the history of the world to see that happen would, I mean, it would make my year for 2020 if that happened. I mean, it would be unbelievable. Big words, big predictions there. So John, we're pretty much at the halfway point here. Just an unbelievable start to the season. We've got a lot of competition going on. um, And so hard to believe, uh, but uh, you know, this one's going to be fun down the stretch a lot of good stuff yet to happen. We'll try to be more consistent with the podcast. For those of you that are on the fence, keep coming back. We'll try to fill you in on some good stuff. And, uh, John, any last words? Uh, you know, we do say it every year that, it, oh, it's going to be fun. A lot of teams are close. It'll be good. But we re- the reality is we have 10 teams who have a fighting chance, of, you know, in, in, with Calvin and, and Dad. If things shake out the right way, you know, you get a couple of big wins. You never know what could happen. So, uh, you know, it is going to be exciting down the stretch. Excited to see how things shakes out. Um, yeah. Till next time, John. Love you guys.